Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Warrior Within, and this week I had plans of doing something different. It was kind of interesting, but I was kind of reading the story of the story of Samson. If you guys know who that is, the guy with the long hair who had the strength of basically like ten men, and even killed a bunch of Philistines with a donkey's a jaw. That guy, and it kind of came to my mind that. No, a lot of us men, we're, we're trying to figure out our plan, plan of life, you know, what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to be, and who we're supposed to be. And I honestly think it's very important for us to actually establish a plan. Uh, one of the things I think in today's culture is men are basically pulled back from being leaders of their family, so therefore they don't really have motivation to really do anything for their family. And so therefore they don't have a plan of any kind and just kind of go with the flow, which is not the way we're supposed to be running our homes. Um, and it made me start thinking about verses that pop out about allowing God to lead. And one of, one of my favorite ones is in Psalm, Psalms 37, 23, 24. Says the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. And then another verse that I know many have heard is Romans 12, 2, which is, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And if you were to, like, go and google and type out verses about god's leading your steps there's there's a lot of verses out there one one i remember growing up saying it was psalms 119 105 the, the word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path and i think i've used that verse before but i think we kind of miss a point you know we, we since, since a lot of men these days aren't really studying the scriptures and getting involved in the scriptures like they're supposed to they've kind of lost direction they've kind of lost their compass per se of what it means to be a man and instead we find a lot of men falling into confusion trying to figure out who they are you know we talked about identity several episodes back but this is not necessarily identity as much as kind of the gumption and, and understanding that you have a purpose now what's interesting about samson's story is that Samson was promised by God to his mother that she would have a son. And she understood that God had told her that this child would be a Nazarite. Now, there is rules that Nazarites have to follow. If you're interested more, you can look it up. It's really easy to find. And one of the things she could not do was have any alcohol while she was pregnant with him. And the other thing was he couldn't get his hair cut which is why it's so important about his long hair is an important feature of him. So the thing is, she was also learned that her son would save Israel from the Philistines. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, what's interesting about this idea, and it's, it's similar to some of the other stories that you find in scripture, but Samson had a purpose, a destiny, a direction. Now, if we didn't know the story, we could probably imagine what that life would be like. Probably imagine that maybe he was 
pretty popular you know people knew him and you know i mean because you read about the story you learn how strong he was and how masculine he must have appeared to be you know his long locks of hair probably made him attractive in some in many ways so this guy appeared to have it all um and in our lives we look at our decisions that we make you know there's a lot of outcry today in in our political 2020 world where the black americans believe that well not all of them but there's few of them that believe that they need to be given some i think they're called repetitions reputations of slavery owes even though none of them were slaves and they all have a fair chance right now to do whatever they want if they want to chase after it now there's something wrong with that living like that if this is what our culture is trying to teach us to act like what is that doing to young men what is that doing to men period um we already struggle with try not to be too masculine because we don't want to appear to be too aggressive we already struggle with the idea that even if you go look at how clothes are being designed for the really fancy clothing they're feminine clothing for men to we're also in our culture and politically and in some ways being shoved into churches that there's more than two genders so now we have all this confusion getting thrown at our young men these young men watch shows and movies and they get to see a version of men that are either idiots or chauvinists and they also either get men who seem confused and lost about who they are as men and this is what they're getting brought up with as examples of men and Samson's story emphasizes that each of us have a a purpose, a destiny from God you look at verses, they explain a very similar story if you don't conform to the world but conform to God if you delight in the Lord if you chase after the Lord if you abide in him it, like there's a similar phrases there again kind of strung together for what you should be doing James 1 5 through 6 says if any of you lack wisdom let him ask God who gives generously to all without approach and it'll get, be given to him but let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of sea that is driven and tossed by the wind the, the idea is guys we can ask God for direction we can have a plan we can have a compass direction if we really want to but we got to ask him because he does have one but if we don't ask how are we going to know it's like the same problem of not asking directions you know we want to figure it out ourselves so we don't ask for directions well how are you going to get to point a if you don't ask how you get there now 
the thing is, if you were not to ask God, do you have confidence in the direction that you go? Do you believe that it's the best way? Because it ultimately goes right back. If we're created in his image, that means our creator knows what's best for us. And if we don't ask, then basically we create our own plan. We devise our own plan. And that plan will fail. Uh, or if it looks like it's success, it's only going to be success in the eyes of man, not God. And you miss out. So the other thing I was wanting to talk about with Samson that came to my mind is basically his life in a bit. Now, Samson, you know, grew up, um, to me, it almost feels like he was kind of treated very special like by his parents to the point where they allowed him to actually pick a wife for himself. Um, he did feats. He was definitely not liked by the Philistines. Like I told you, he picked up that jawbone um, and supposedly killed a thousand Philistines with it. Now, you can imagine a thousand soldiers coming at you, full armor, weapons, and you by yourself kill them all. You know, that's a strong feat. That's like a movie or a video game. That's not something that you would see every day happen all the time. So, because of the hate he gained from the Philistines, the Philistines wanted to figure out a weakness. Now, this is a great picture of what happens when we don't really ask God for things. We kind of create our own path. Because remember, he marries a Philistine woman, Delilah. And he chose her, not asking God, because of what he liked about her, her beauty. Now, when you read through it, 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 you don't feel like Delilah loves him. You just think it's kind of almost like it is today, a mutual, like a, an interest, but not really a true love for one another. And she also tries to work with the Philistines to figure out his weakness. Now, he didn't tell anybody his weakness was cutting his hair. But eventually, as Delilah kept on pressuring him about his secret, and even though he gave her other, you know, that was A or B, and she tried it, didn't work, and he still, <laughs> he still didn't realize that she was trying to do evil to him, which is interesting. And then finally, finally he opens up, and yeah, she figures out that's cutting his hair. So while he was sleeping, she cut his hair. And the Philistines came, he was imprisoned, and they basically, yes, plucked his eyeballs out. So he was blind, and he was put to work at grinding grain, and lost all of his strength. So, the idea is that he was promised to save basically Israel from the Philistines, so this doesn't look like it's going to happen, right? And then you find that near the end, he basically makes a deal with God to give him the last bit of strength once again to kill the Philistines and he was placed out for show between two pillars which God gave him his strength back and he pushed those two pillars over which crushed all the Philistines 
so the idea is that we can have a purpose, right? But the issue is how important is God involved in that purpose? You can look through scripture as much as you want and you can find where people have made mistakes and choices. And there's consequences. Uh, Samson's life is a prime example over time what could happen. I'm going to take a quick break right here and come back in a little bit. Hey guys, welcome back. And we were just talking about Samson's life and uh, the choices that he made. Um, so we've talked about other stories here and there, but Samson, what I like about the end of this whole thing is that sometimes we make choices, there's consequences. And in his case, he lost his strength and he was blinded. And, you know, you know I mean, if guys, we don't know what it's like to be blind you know it's, you can't see anything and his eyes were plucked out so that was painful two he was basically a slave and then three he basically did his one last deed which ended up killing him for God so it doesn't mean that there is no hope for any of you guys who have who feel that they've fallen off the fallen off the road it doesn't mean that we're when we make these mistakes we're going to fall into a situation where we're going to die because of our consequences but it does also means that there is a possibility that consequences could come and you could die even though you get right with God I mean there was probably been many people who were on their deathbeds who asked for forgiveness and in that moment accepted Christ and then died some people a year before and die they don't they don't know but the idea is guys we're going to do mistakes we're going to make wrong decisions we're going to have consequences we're going to struggle we're going to have these times where it feels like there's no way out we're going to be enslaved forever and that's where satan wants you to be he wants you to think that there is nothing, nothing that God can't forgive. And I want you guys to understand that, yes, you made a mistake, but God can forgive you. He can change your course. He can clean your slate. He can renew your heart. He can change your mind. He can build you up again. He can use you still. Just because you may have not been brought up in a Christian family, just because you may have fallen away from God for 20 years, it does not mean he doesn't have a purpose for you. And I believe in our culture because of how they've making us very confused of what it means to be a man today, they are actually part of Satan's little plan 
to make us believe that God can never ever use us. So he makes us lazy, he makes us weak, he makes us feel like nothing. He keeps reminding us over and over again, hey, you did this, you're a drug addict, you hurt this person, you murdered somebody, you stole from your company, you cheated on your wife, you abused your kids, you drank until you're drunk on a daily basis, you had drugs, you're addicted to porn, you can't be something that God could use. You're empty. You're nothing. Just stay where you are. Don't 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 think that God could use you. And that's what they, that's what He wants you to think in your heads. And the truth is, that's a lie. All you have to do is repent, turn, come back, call out to Him, ask Him, start delighting in Him, start putting Him first in your life again. Pray to him, study your scriptures, get back into church, get back into a Bible study, focus on finding people that would encourage and build you up. Because remember, one of the other tactics of the enemy is to get you alone. Most people that commit suicide feel like they're alone. Most people who feel like they can never do anything feel alone. Don't allow that mindset to be thrown into your heart in your spirit and break you because that's what's going to happen and step up be willing to change it's it's really it's really your choice you can listen to that voice of the of the enemy in every day and let it tear you apart and break you or you could start finding ways to make changes. A big one is to get around people who are seeking God and want to encourage you and build you up. That's the best way to get back on track. You can't do it alone. Um, you're having problems with addictions of any kind, get help. You know, go to these churches and find the help you can have, the, the accountability. I mean, that's, that's a word that... I, men don't get to hear but having people that you can open up to and feel accountable to helps you stay on track another thing is that we could figure out a battle plan you know Sometimes we allow the world and the culture's ideas to fill our hearts and minds so much that we kind of fall away from the battle plan that, that we could have set up with God. And this is an encouragement for you guys to understand that a battle plan can help you stay on track. You know, things when I hear from men, a lot of them is they, they don't they don't feel that there's any issues that, you know, well, you know, I've been, uh, you know, a guy for 50 years and you know, I've already done what I'm supposed to do. My kids are grown up and blah, blah. Even if you're 67 years old, God can still use you. You have a purpose. Don't don't forget that. But there's young men who are in their you know 18 to 30 range that 
are trying to figure out what it means to be a man. And maybe this is your opportunity to seek out in your church, community, wherever it may be, if there's young men around you to kind of put your wing around them and say, hey, you know, would you like to go out for coffee? Would you like to have lunch? And just talk to them. Uh, That's all. (laughs) Young men really just want to know that the older guys do care about them. And I think this is part of the, one of the battles of manhood in churches is we don't really invest in mentorships. We don't invest in discipling, seeing men from any age, discipling men from any age and, and being there for men and praying for one another. I mean, if there's only one guy that you can think of that you would want to meet up once a month, every other week for coffee, breakfast, and just talk and share about what's going on in your life, that's a battle plan, guys. You have no idea how much of effect that time has for somebody. A lot of times men start putting all that negativity inside them and hide it. And they hide behind false views of masculine thoughts and thinking and attitudes. They act tough. Um, (laughs) Actually, a lot of movies and TV shows do that too. Where the one guy appears to be this tough, macho, angry person, but in reality, he enjoys cooking. Or he is more kind-hearted and gentle, but they think that being that is a negative. That's where I think our battle for masculine understanding gets. You think masculine means you don't get upset or you don't cry, you don't hurt, you don't show emotion, but that's another part of this lie that Satan wants you to think. You're struggling in your life, so don't share with anybody because that makes you less of a man, and that's not true. So don't think that your problems don't matter. They do, and there's people that can care about you in those moments. So reach out to them. I mean, I've had to practice that myself, and it's opened up good doors. It's opened up connection with men, even though I may not know them 100% very well, but it allows that that reality to be be seen, and then they can see, oh, well, you know, so-and-so is struggling. You know, I'm struggling with that too. And there you find someone who you can abide with and, and talk about these things. And that's how brotherhoods get created. So really, it just takes a few men, a man, just to be more open about his hurts and his pains and his struggles, his consequences he's dealing with, his his actions, his, his addictions. By admitting them and asking for help and change, it can open up doors for other men who are struggling with the same thing to open up, which then allows a manhood to be revealed and allows a brotherhood to be established and you start seeing these warriors within coming out because they've been hiding behind their shields for so long that they're afraid they're afraid to open up because it makes them weak you know satan's got a good grasp on manhood and churches need to start fighting need to start bringing up ways for young men to see true men We need to find ways for older men to stop 
thinking their job is done and start coming back into the battlefield and help these young men to fight and to walk right and to encourage them because they need it. And all of us, even in my age group, we need to recognize young men are watching us and watching how we treat our wives, how we treat our kids and how we treat other people. We're, we're the example and we need to get that in our heads that it's not about us. It's not like, well, it's not my problem. Yes, it is going to be your problem because people do watch you. Your character matters. Your integrity matters. These men that are struggling need someone who is walking upright, who is talking the talk, walking the walk, and loving God, and showing that example in everyday situation. They need to have someone like that in their life. So why not be that person for them? All it takes is just a few men to step up, and you'll see change in your church, in your community, at your job. Because men really need it. Men are lost, men are confused, men are broken. And they need to know that they can be a man, and they can be a strong man in Christ. So always show them what a Christian man can be. Because remember, they think we are weak, but in reality, we're strong. So guys, I hope this opens up some hearts and minds and reveals some things about yourself hope this encourages other men to step up and maybe come alongside somebody that they see that that needs that partnership that brotherhood be willing just be willing talk to your pastor about it you see uh, you have other men in your church that you know feel the same way or have been wondering how they can be more of an impact This is how you can do it. Start a brotherhood in your church. Start bringing men together, not just once a month, but every week in prayer, study, and understanding. Being it for each other's struggles and hurts and being open to that. It, It can happen. It's going to happen. But it takes you guys to be willing. And today could be that day you're asking God to find a purpose. This is a, this is the best way you can start a purpose, start a brotherhood in your church. And if you're struggling, repent, turn, go back to him, call out to him, ask him to bring a brotherhood to your church or wherever you're at. It's possible and you can do it. So let me pray and uh, let you guys go. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the people in the scriptures and seeing their lives and the choices they make. And sometimes, even though they, in their heads, think it's good for what they're doing, there may be bad consequences. You know, Samson was chosen by you, but he made a lot of his own personal choices, which eventually backfired on him. But at the same time, You repented and you did use him for his final purpose. I pray, Lord, if there's any men here that are struggling heavily and feeling alone, empty, and just broken, and feeling stuck to their addiction, that you would bring them hope, that you open up their hearts to repentance, to turn from these things, to ask for help from people at church to 
help them keep accountable or to give them direction. I pray you start building brotherhoods in these churches, Lord, that you start having men step up and be mentors or just to put their wings around people that really need that extra accountability and strength and encouragement, Lord. All it takes is a few men, and I pray that if any men are listening to this, that they'll they'll want that too, the hunger for that, and they'll want to change. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done um, for this podcast ministry, and I just pray that you continue to bless it, that you would uh, bring more listeners, that they may hear some stuff that can help them. Today, Lord, I ask you change hearts and minds. I ask that you just awaken those that are broken and give those that feel like they don't have any purpose a purpose. Show them that they can be a brother to another brother. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you guys have a blessed day.